Hi there and welcome to this Human Life Podcast. My name is Melissa Sanova and we are progressively working through a, a book that I wrote called This Human, How to Be the Person Designing For and With Other People. And we are up to chapter seven, which is the final chapter. So this is a project that's been running for, well, this is going to be the seventh month. We've been doing a chapter per month and this chapter is all about delivery. And, you know, I probably say this when I start on every chapter that this is my favorite chapter and and all that. This is so crucial to being able to actually bring your work into the world successfully that, you know, a lot of... um, I guess this is the chapter where a lot of my experience from, you know, being an engineer to being a business owner to being a human-centered designer actually just all comes in to inform the knowledge and experience that I guess I want to share with you about how to deliver in, you know, challenging circumstances and staying true to the work that you're doing basically without driving yourself (laughs) into the ground. All right, so we're up to page 177, and the chapter is called Delivery. Delivering with commitment, resilience, determination, and quality sets you apart from the rest because it's hard to do. And, you know, if it happens to be the first episode that you're listening to, this is a hybrid audiobook slash podcast situation where, you know, I read through the book and I stop and pause and go deeper into the content and share some stories and just uh, bring the content to life a little bit. All right, so on page 178, I have the usual chapter summary, which is like a mind mappy thing, which I've learned doesn't translate very well into audio. So if you want to grab a copy of the book, you can. It's available everywhere you get your normal books, or you can head over to thishuman.com and work out where to get it there. All right, let's just dive in. Page 179. Delivery requires you to be action-oriented, grounded, and resilient. Strong delivery ensures more of your work makes it out into the world where it can have an impact. This is the time when you bring your creation into a shared reality and people interact with it, use it, test it, and sometimes even break it. This is the time for you to be open, humble, curious, and strong. A time to lean into the challenges, limitations and constraints that will come at you thick and fast. A time to show resolve in maintaining the integrity of the design and its intention for positive impact. This chapter helps you get through the challenges of delivery by exploring what it takes to deliver strongly. Commitment and Determination In delivery mode, remaining committed to the impact and outcome your work is intended to enable gives you the focus and clarity you need to get the job done. Your commitment to the process and the people you are working with and designing for is your pathway when things get difficult. And finally, your commitment to quality ensures your work will resonate, have the desired impact and also be a creation you can be proud of. Delivery is all about commitment and determination, continuing until the job is done, really done. Commitment to yourself. During delivery, you start to feel the pressure of a looming deadline. 
Sometimes you actually dread the project finishing, especially if you've loved the work. During this time, it's important to maintain a commitment to your own health and well-being. Don't get drawn into the late night, early morning cycle we all know far too well. Your commitment goes beyond looking after yourself. It is a responsible stance to ensure your work is delivered to the highest level of quality you can manage. And that depends on how fit and with it you are in these crucial final weeks. It also ensures you remain even-tempered and able to cope with the challenges that are going to come your way. Ideally, if you've managed the scope and delivery of your work well, there won't be any need for late nights and early mornings, but I very rarely deliver anything without a few late nights towards the end. The point is to focus on maintaining your physical and mental well-being through the stressful phase. I could write another book on this topic, but there is a whole section in the bookshop dedicated to this already. The important thing is that you actually do it. So there's a lot of, obviously, lessons learned that I haven't gone into because um, I'm saying I could write another book about it. But I've been through many cycles of really not taking care of myself and overcommitting myself to the work and to the client and over-delivering at quite a, you know, high cost to myself and also, you know, my support network, my family and the people around me who basically you know, pick up the slack when my attention is um, elsewhere. And one of the lessons I continue to learn is being able to gauge the level and depth and detail of the work that actually needs to happen. As, you know, the practitioner, you might see all of this possibility and different ways to be able to present the work or communicate the work or, you know, different pathways of inquiry that you want to go down during the research phase and that is something that you know that you're capable of but may not actually be in service like that extra effort that extra work may not actually be in service of the client on the project that you're working for and I mean client as in you know it could be an internal person that you're delivering to you could be someone working within a large organization you know delivering a piece of work to the product group or the marketing group or you could be on agency side delivering you know, work to a client. The I think the the mastery comes from being able to meet your the person who's going to be working with the work that you do, and um, where they're at, and delivering something overly complicated and you know that's taken a lot of effort, a lot of thought, a lot of thinking may not always be the best approach. Something that is actually quite straightforward to put together the initial picture of you know the the cohort that you're interested in understanding better. May, may be exactly what's needed. And if you're like me in any way, I used to couple hard work with value. So if I worked really, really hard, then that meant that I was delivering value. And as I've you know matured in my practice and also just as a human with the years of just walking this earth, what I'm learning is that that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes you, know, you can add an extreme amount of value with something that is really what feels effortless to you but is really valuable to the person that's receiving it so that is something that's really important to pay attention to especially you know in the context of having commitment to yourself is to sort of you know practice that practice being able to gauge effort and work all right commitment to take to your team at this time Everyone is stressed and working hard. Your commitment to your team extends to making sure everyone knows what they are accountable for. 
The tasks you're completing may still have some ambiguity associated with them, but there should be complete clarity about who's got what. Role clarity and task ambiguity get the job done in an emergent practice. Now, I'm going to um, go into that in a little bit more detail. Role ambiguity and task clarity result in circle work and donuts. <laughs> and by donuts, I don't, I don't mean them literally, although that is also sometimes the case. <laughs> Just mean like nothing gets done. Circle work is when already completed tasks are repeated by other well-meaning team members. It happens when people's roles are not clear. To clarify, a role is not the same as a job description. During delivery, everyone rolls up their sleeves and does everything they can to get the work over the line and in good shape. There is no space to say, that isn't my job. You might be a senior strategic designer, but your role might be to check for spelling mistakes because you happen to win every spelling bee context you enter. You might be the project director, but your role is to keep the room in order and make sure everyone is eating and taking regular breaks because you naturally notice these things. When roles are ambiguous, things get missed. Make sure you are committed to your team's ability to deliver strongly all the way to the end. Think about what they need. The visual designers might need content delivered in a way that makes their job easier. Or maybe you just need to let them get on with doing their work and stop <laughs> checking over their shoulder, which was something I was guilty of early in my career. The work the worst thing you can do is hover when your team needs to deliver. So back on, so that was on page um, 182, but back on page 180, there's a two by two that I often draw when we're, you know, making sure that the, the, the team that's delivering is clear on who's got what. And basically, if you think about it, if you're following along, that's great. If you're not, just think of a two by two. Um, with the vertical axis, you've got roll up the top and task down the bottom and on the horizontal axis you've got clarity on the right and ambiguity on the left and I'll just talk through the combinations and then talk about the what's appropriate for design which is an emergent practice so when you've got role ambiguity in so the top left when you've got role ambiguity in the team basically people are wondering who's got what you know I'm not sure who's accountable for what when you've got task ambiguity it's, I'm not sure what needs to be done. Role clarity, I know what I am accountable to deliver. And task clarity is, I know what I need to do. A combination of these quadrants suits an emergent practice because sometimes you don't know what to do next. So the reason what I'm suggesting here is I've highlighted role clarity and task ambiguity as actually the really powerful combination for an emergent practice and here's why. In an emergent practice, you need to get more information or complete the task in front of you to be able to get clarity around the next thing that needs to happen, which is why any form of an emergent practice like design is really, really well suited to complex and chaotic environments because it's almost impossible to predict what's going to happen and to plan the whole thing which we love to do as humans to bring as much certainty and control as we can to our environment but sometimes that's just not appropriate and the recent you know global events has probably taught us that very lesson so when you're working in an emergent practice what's really really important is that you maintain the clarity of someone's role so what are they actually accountable for rather than locking down the tasks because sometimes when we're not clear on who's got what, who's accountable for what tasks, 
tend to be a little bit more attractive in times of uh, uncertainty and ambiguity can start to be completed by multiple different people. And that's what I was referring to before a circle work. But also locking down the tasks, so having a really, really clear set of tasks also prevents the practice from being emergent because you've already predicted what you need to do next. So basically, it's almost like you get really, really clear on on the role that people delivering within. And then as soon as you are clear on the next step, that's when you move into having task clarity. But what you're comfortable with, what you need to train your team to be comfortable with is this combination of role clarity and task ambiguity so that they have the tolerance for uncertainty, which is important when you're doing this type of work. Okay, now we're looking at page uh, 183, which is exercise 7.3, commitment to people. Be clear about the people in the chain between your work and its impact in the real world, designed for them too. Now I wanted to create like a a whole exercise page on this because often as human-centered designers we can get really focused on the end user, so the, the person that we're ultimately designing with and for, which is typically the customer or the citizen or the, you know, person, the patient, the, you know, the court user. (laughs) Um, But for delivery to occur, there's a whole bunch of other human beings that need to be either, you know, changing something about the way that they do things or going, just stretching a little bit outside of their comfort zone or whatever and needing to make tough decisions in, you know, uncomfortable timeframes. And it's really important to keep these humans in mind as well as you're designing. And it's usually when we're working in large organizations, we tend to see these people as roles. So, you know, I need to get purchasing to help me get the help I need or I need the you know, finance person to approve the budgetary, you know, investment required or you know, we, we forget that we actually need to also be considering how to make it easy for these humans to be able to make the decisions that they need to make for this delivery to occur. And that's why I have created this, this page on 183 to just remind us that we're actually designing for a whole bunch of people. So starting from the left uh, hand side, we're starting with yourself. Look after yourself. Design for yourself. Look after yourself so you can deliver well. Maintain commitment to your well-being to ensure your work is delivered to the highest level of quality you can manage. And then it's team. Make sure your team knows how they can help and are clear on their role. There should be complete clarity about who's got what. Then we have the user. Ensure what you or your team deliver is something your client can use easily. Remember who you are actually designing for. Now, this is the bit that's really important because we often, I've just made a distinction in this in this diagram or illustration between user and customer. So in user, I'm talking about the people that are going to be working with the outputs of your work to, to make change. And sometimes, you know, that will be, if you're on an agency that side, that will be the client. And sometimes within an organization that might be, you know, an engineer in a technology, in the technology part. And they are essentially the user of your work. So you need to design for them. Employees, ensure you support the user of your work to influence the employees responsible for the service you've designed or the strategy or the product. And then ultimately the customer. 
Enable your insights to make it all the way through to the customer by also designing for the people in between. So in summary, you and your team, they work, you work together to bring the work home. The user uses your work to influence others to be able to bring it into reality. The employees sell, maintain, deliver and support the service or the object of design and the customer buys or engages with the service. So keeping in mind that there are all of these humans in between that are also worthy of your expertise in human-centered design is actually a really important point of delivery. So in the next episode, I'm going to go deeper into all the different types of people that we need to be thinking about when we're delivering strongly, because sometimes we do forget to apply human-centered design to the people within our organizations and also to ourselves, hence the book. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll just leave you with this quote, which is be human centered in everything that you do. Um, I look forward to being with you next week. Remember, if you are interested in exploring working with me one on one in a coaching capacity, you can go and get some information from melissanova.com and reach out and book some time. I'm um, really friendly, so don't be shy. And if you're interested in exploring the This Human ecosystem a little bit more, you can go check that out at thishuman.com. We've also, we're also relaunching the This Human community over a mighty network, so stay tuned for that and I will put all the links in the show notes. Thank you as always and I look forward to being with you next week. Take care. Bye.